Welcome back to another glorious episode of A Spirited Debate. The crew have dusted off the glasses, dropped in some ice, and pulled the corks, and we are ready, as always, to pour a few drinks and find a way to rattle each other's cages. Follow if that's your thing, like if you want. Fuck it, we're just happy you're listening, and that's all that matters to us. So as our sound guy cues up the music, grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and join us for... Just skip over. I'm trying to contribute to the discussion. It would be wrong. They would absolutely be wrong. If you thought that our debates were going to be any different, then jokes on you. I thought you'd get better. And you guys came with the same shit. We are on our way. I'm I'm double fisting, actually. Um, so I thought that was on Friday night. Dad always says you never get better by playing people worse than you. It ain't going to so, take somebody long to get bingo so, here. Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the I, debate begin. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of A Spirited Debate. We are back once again, as always, week after week, to entertain you with yet another topic. I'm not going to tell you what the topic is. We'll jump into it uh, in just a second. But first, we're going to go around the room for our last drink in our round robin session this week. Uh, Haas was kind enough to bring a drink to the table. I, I will not explain anything. I will not steal his thunder. I'm going to let him do it for us. But uh, this one, this one's interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Haven't tasted it yet. So we will find out. But first, as always, how is everybody doing today? Well, oh, yeah, doing, doing really good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Any better, I'd be twins. Oh, oh, not so bad. How about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in the fucking Twilight Zone, Grinch? What did you just do? Oh, he went straight Canadian. You, he just went Leverkin-y. like no. I'm just. He just went normal. He went like a normal. Like yeah, I'm good. Oh, All right. I'm not your dancing monkey. Okay, fuck me. <laughs> it definitely. It's like wait. What the hell's going on? Yeah, great to be here. Uh, missed you guys. I know we're on an off day. It's not our normal day for for doing this, and you know. On those days when that happens, I'm always sitting there looking at the clock going, shit, what the fuck, man? We're supposed to be doing this. And clearly, you know, it's yeah. As it I takes a, you a minute. Yesterday, being sober on a Saturday felt really weird. Um, so we'll make up for it today, though. Yeah, we're going to work on that right now. Uh, all right. So let's jump into the drink. Haas, you're the last one to go. Please explain the drink. Uh, let the audience know a little bit about what you chose, and then we'll go around the room as usual. Yeah, so the name of the drink is actually supposed to be a shooter, um, but I think we all did it as a as a beverage. Uh, it's called D's Nuts. D's uh, Nuts. Thank you, President 2020, whatever. It is equal parts Malibu rum, Amaretto, Kahlua, and pineapple juice. Um, I don't know what mixtures you guys did as far as your parts go, but I, I did 12 CLs of each one. Uh, and then put it in a shaker, shook it up with ice, poured it into a rocks glass with a big old giant ice ball. So I, uh, yeah. Alcohol so, plus alcohol plus alcohol. That's how daddy likes to roll. You, no, can't I mean, you can't have a drink called these nuts and it not be multiple things of alcohol. That, that I agree. No, negative. Uh, but I'll be honest. When I read the recipe, I'm like coffee liqueur. Yep. Coconut rum. Yep. Amaretto. Yep. And pineapple. Like, yep. <laughs> the drinks on this round from the Cafe L'Orange, you know, yeah. to the bourbon smash with two ounces of jam thrown in, like ice cream and beer, like this round of drinks for me was just like, what the fuck was somebody thinking when they came up with these <laughs> in terms of the combinations? I don't know if this works because I haven't tried it. Haas, have you tried this yet? I have. I'm on my second glass. So clearly you enjoy it. Um, I mean, have I you? That- did you try this before you chose it? <clears throat> Yeah, and is it staying in bed with you? Negative, <laughs> or is it getting? Yeah, I mean, we're 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 spooning as we speak. <laughs> All right, I'm, showing it's, it's nuts. 
it's an appropriate drink. These nuts. I mean, that just seems like something you would bring to the table. All right, Mac, what about you, brother? Um, yeah, I, I, I did the same thing, except I did, uh, basically three ounces of every, every different, every type of alcohol, uh, because I started off pouring it in there following the recipe and it's just, that's just clearly not enough. A third of an ounce just isn't going to work. So who made this recipe? Right. <laughs> and, and, and again, like, like Hoss, I made it as a, yeah, as a drink, not a shooter. And I, I've sipped it. it. It's pretty good. I would definitely put this one in the rotation, I think. Okay. Did either of you with the cock and balls app, was this in the app? Did you get this from the app, Haas, or where did this come from? No, I uh, I don't believe it was in the app. I don't think I looked, actually, <laughs> um, to be honest. I, I think what happened when we were doing this next round, Robin, everybody immediately knew what they, what they were going to choose, and I kind of panicked. And I just thought, <laughs> I, I thought to myself, I wonder if there's a drink called These Nuts, because that would be fucking awesome. And there just happened to be a drink called These Nuts. Um, and no, it is. It is, it not, is not. It is not in the app. No. It will be in my okay. personal. Uh, oh, is there a drink app. called the butt plug? Uh, I was about to say, Mrs. <laughs> Thor actually said Haas needs to come up with a drink called the butt plug. Mm-hmm. I shit you not. It's going to be chocolate ice cream. She thought it would be something chocolate. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something that makes you constipated. It's going to be chocolate a, ice cream, oatmeal. <laughs> Oh, just stop. That's like that cement, <laughs> that cement mixer shot. Oh, my God. With a Worst tablespoon thing. of cinnamon. Worst thing yes, I've ever I... had in my life. Yeah. Okay. Yes. No, 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 no Not that plug. anybody can really see this. There is a butt plug cocktail. Oh, oh, no. oh, All right. What's in that? It is six ounces of Red Bull energy drink, a half an ounce of blue curacao liqueur, okay. and a half ounce of vodka. And you butt chug it? How do you take that? How do you drink it? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you put the funnel in your ear. Yep. <laughs> and just pour it straight in. Oh, God. Okay. That reminds me of Cockblockers, okay. that movie. John, uh, John, John Cena. Cena. Oh, Cena. my God. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was... They get a lager or a pale ale? Anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, all right. So we, so far, we have two wins. Okay. Uh, Grinch, what about you? All right. I haven't had it yet. So here we go. Here we all go. Right, put those nuts in your mouth. Mm. Swirl them around. Let us know. Mm. Let them let rest a, on your chin for a second. That's interesting. Mm. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> Little salt, uh, the hair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what's that that's, old joke? What's the last time you hear before pubic hair hits the ground? Spitting. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you sorry. look familiar. Have we met before? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back to the drink. Yeah, Grinch. it's good. I think it's good. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, and you didn't. Uh, now, Mac, I noticed you didn't mention you made homemade amaretto for this. I did make homemade. You didn't amaretto. mention that, and I'm surprised. Oh, well, I didn't want to, you know, one up you because you know I'm not pretentious like that. You know, I figured it didn't need to be mentioned. Really, because so, I bought amaretto, I didn't bother making it. And can you just explain real quick how you made it? Um, I followed a recipe on the internet. So you don't actually remember? No, it was um. Cool. Moving on. Yeah, it was vodka. <laughs> Uh, almond extract, vanilla beans, and then you just kind of combine all that together and let it sit for like two weeks. And you got your, there you go. And then you got your your amaretto. Perfect. Saved yourself some money. Nice. Uh, you know, did I really save myself any money? Cause I had to go buy the vanilla beans and vanilla beans are expensive as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was kind of fun to do. Well, but now um, I have a, I got to make a lot of this because I have a mason jar full of uh, amaretto. So. There you go. Well, you like it, and the family seems to like it. So uh, yeah, this will this will probably get made. This will, this will get drunk. This is a good summer drink. It's kind of very, 
beachy, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Well, there you go. All right. So I did the exact same with the recipe as everybody else did. I did not make my own amaretto, but I did the same recipe. I upped the proportions. I did do the first one as a shot. I poured it in a shot glass. So I'm, I'm going to actually try it as a shot and see, as opposed to sipping it, since that's the intent. I have not tried it yet. My concern is that this is going to be uber fucking sweet because at least three of the alcohols, they're all sweet by nature and then pineapple juice. So that was really re- Reaper whiskey, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. No. Nobody trusts me with the goat now. They all want to see the bottle. They're oh, like, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> now that they know what the Reaper is capable of, it's like, oh, they don't want to fuck so. Everybody's like, let me see. No, let me see. I'm you know. pouring my own. <laughs> and the second one. That's two shots. So you must be okay with it. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to see. It, it's there's a lot of pineapple. I know there's coconut, there's coffee liqueur and the amaretto, but I really get like the pineapple for me from the pineapple juice comes through really strong. I don't even notice that it's fucking coffee Mm-mm. liqueur and the Kahlua wouldn't. T- I mean, aside from the dark color, I, I wouldn't note that that was even in there. Don't even taste the coconut. Now, rum. Did you make I your own the- uh, pineapple juice? Yeah. No. Did you squeeze the pineapples? <laughs> no. It is very sweet. Probably something you're not going to drink a whole lot of at one time. I don't know. Or, really? or it'll just go down. <laughs> yeah, it'll just go, go down really quick. Like I said, this would be one that I could see sitting there on the beach or you know by the pool on a hot day. I think this would be a really good drink. Yep. Um, I don't know. But you're right. I think it would go down fast. And, and three of those really and you're quick. Like, oh, shit. You got to stand up, go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. right, into the, right into the concrete. I, right I think my rose bush at the bottom of the deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, face plant right into it. My, my concern is that for me, it's too sweet. It might almost like turn my stomach drinking too much of this. Yeah. But again, that's just that's me and, and you guys like it. And that's fine. But I definitely think it's a win. I would drink this. I'm going to drink this. I would make this again, but I probably wouldn't make a shit ton of it. And I don't know how my family feels about it, Mac. So I don't know. For for us, it's a win. I think this hey, round I of drinks, winner. this <laughs> round of drinks, all four, I think we're winners. So yeah, I definitely think all of these would probably make it in the rotation again in some level. Uh, I can Maybe, see me I, making this one again for sure. Yeah, yeah. and and Haas, I think you like the the Cafe Larange. Like you were like, it's okay. Like it wasn't bad, but you weren't going to be seeking it out. I know you've had that with a couple of drinks which I think is probably why Grinch was like, are you kicking it out of bed? Making that comment. <laughs> but yeah, I think all of these were wins this this round. And I don't know if maybe we want to, again, go around the room one more time or if we want to start doing our own thing. It's totally up to us. We can talk about that at the end. But I, I was happy with this experiment. So as always, I say cheers to you gentlemen as, as we cheers. drink. Cheers. As, as we cheers. drink in Haas's nuts. Man, if they taste like that, Hoss, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think Friday nights are so popular around here, homie? (laughs) All right, so let's jump into the topic. Hoss is pouring it down his his chest. (laughs) No, no, little lower. Get under. under. I dip. I dip. Tea bag. Potato chip. (laughs) Tea bag into the drink, into the mouth. Into the drink, into the mouth. I've known it was going to be that kind of party. All right. So we got we got fun Grinch today. I know everybody was hopeful that that would happen, Um, especially when you came out of the gate with your text. I can't wait to see everybody's nuts. It's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fun Grinch. All right. So let's jump into our topic. Uh, This one is one that actually came to my attention a few years ago at a prior job that I was at. We were having a company party and the owner of the company actually made the comment that it was her belief 
through conversation and things that she had read is that having two drinks at work would make you more productive, more creative. And so, of course, we, we kind of bantered about that uh, at that work party and it was like, was well, that really true or whatever? So I started thinking about this and I thought, you know what? We do a drinking podcast where we get on here, we drink, we try to be productive in terms of the, the information that we bring to the table, good, bad, or indifferent. And so I thought, does drinking actually boost productivity, boost creativity? Does it help? Are there benefits? Not, I'm not talking drinking to excess because the, the comment that she made in that was no more than two drinks. And obviously it's very easy to get on here and, you know, Haas makes a four-time badge. If anybody listened to the social media episode, Haas, of course, went sideways with the Boulevardier. Mac has gone sideways. So, I mean, we've gotten on here sometimes and we drink to excess and it makes the show interesting. But in terms of working, is... is see, I don't think it's excess. I think it's just the right amount. Just the right amount? Okay. <laughs> it's uh, all in the eye of the beholder. Right. Excess is based on your opinion, if you know where your line is. So I thought this would be an interesting topic since we do drink on here. Does drinking actually benefit you in some way? And again, this is uh, everybody, well, liver disease and all the shit that can happen, but I'm not talking about that. You hear, you know, have a glass of wine at dinner, helps you live longer, reduces the possibility of issues and things like that. Europeans have always drank uh, in terms of wine and things like that. And this was something that we talked about through the course of the week was like, do we discuss, you know, the societal approach to drinking, like here in America versus Europe and their approach. The drinking age here is 21. Over there, it's much lower. I think they teach a different set of standards when it comes to drinking as opposed to maybe what we do here. But that was the topic that I really want to talk about was, are there benefits to drinking? And again, I'm not talking about an excess, but just drinking. And because we come on here week in and week out, we have a few drinks and we talk. I thought this is a perfect venue to discuss it. And so I thought I would throw it out there to you guys, get your opinion, get your feedback, and let's just see what happens. So that's the topic. Yeah, I think it's a great topic. And, and, and interestingly enough, I think it's a little late in the game. I mean, we probably should have thought and covered this, you know, months Early. ago, or episodes First ago, episode. perhaps. It seems like it seems like it would have been the more most intuitive debate for us to have is... <laughs> But uh, oh, we only had to get 60 yeah. episodes in yeah. to figure yeah, right. out <laughs> to, to figure that the spirit to debate should actually yeah. debate drinking. Okay, I will tear down all of our episodes, delete them, and we will start right. from square one. This will be the first one, and let's see what season happens. two, yeah, <laughs> yeah. start of yeah. season two, right here. It, yeah, and you know, when I think we were playing some zombies maybe when we were discussing the concept, I mean, yeah, like I mean, Haas alluded to earlier. Um, or and you and, and you you touched on it when you're introducing the topic. I mean, it it isn't so much. I think what we're trying to say here is like you should drink or you shouldn't. I mean, it's a personal choice. None of us care. It, it isn't about we think everybody should be drinkers. I think what what we're touching on is kind of this, at least for America, societal uptightness as it relates to any consumption of alcohol within the work environment. Right. And traditionally, how it's been viewed negatively, and it's just you just don't do it unless unless you happen to be within a company that sets a culture of be mature about it, like relax and have a beer with lunch. You know, it's just a beer. It isn't well, get hammered and then drive back to work. That's not the idea either. You know, it right. is just that uptightness and culture that we have as it relates to alcohol. So we tend to bottle it until it like gets to where it's the drinking window and then you just fucking go bananas. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, con uh, not the comment, 
the, the whatever it is, right. It's five o'clock somewhere. Like there's a reason that started some somewhere yeah. at some point it's five o'clock summer means it's time to drink. Uh, I don't know, like where did the stigma of I, what we call day drinking for all intents and purposes, like where did the stigma of that begin? I don't know. And I was trying to research and find it. I didn't find anything concrete that I was going to hang my hat on to go. Yeah, this is it. But you know, it's one of those things like the University of Illinois did a study uh, testing the effects of alcohol on problem solving. And it's, you know, and, and one of their findings was being mildly drunk facilitates a divergent diffuse mode of thought, which is useful for such tasks where answers require thinking on a tangent. Obviously, I work in a creative field. Having two drinks at work boosts creativity, according to their study, would potentially help me in my job. Now, yes, people can take that run with it and suddenly you're drinking four, five, six you know, and then you're not doing yourself any good. But, you know, if you're, if you're holding yourself to a certain standard going, I'm going to have two drinks, two beers, two whatever. And it's, you know, the Don Draper effect. Thank mm. you, Mad Men. <laughs> um, you know, that it, there's a benefit to that on some level. So I just thought it was an interesting approach to the idea of, can we be more productive by drinking alcohol? And I, I so think the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. Based on so, I found a really good article in the Atlantic that, that covered a whole wide array of of booze and booze in America and the history and all that jazz. But to this particular point, there was a part where there was this guy out of Cambridge and Stanford who had kind of shifted his his course of studies and gotten a grant to study the use of alcohol in the workplace. He talked at Google. And they found out they have something called the Balmer Peak, which basically programmers actually have been rumored to hook themselves up to an alcohol-filled IV drip to reach a certain um, hovering at a, at a certain curve apex for an extended period of time to help their creativity and flow. And in fact, they actually have a whiskey room filled with what this guy called a, a blow your mind collection of single malt scotches. And it's a lounge where they said that these creative minds would meet and mingle and have a couple drinks and talk and maybe cross-reference some problems and then go back to work. Uh, and they have found it extremely successful. So is by being on an IV drip allows them to maintain a very specific blood alcohol level? Right, because the, what they have discovered is that um, they have to hover at this particular uh, area because... Uh, if you go over that balance of the curve, basically you just become useless. Right. So you have to, you have to hover right there at that apex, that curve apex. Uh, otherwise you just go, it, everything goes to shit. And again, I that's mean, like, just, know your limitations, right? Like I, I would go, Oh, I can have two drinks. Haas may be like, yeah, but I can have four and still stay within that curve. You know? I, and I don't know, like, it's like, can you only eat one potato chip? If you have a drink, like, some people are just not capable of just having a drink. You know, they just require more. And so maybe they don't fit into that category. Yeah. Well, and I also think, you know, the, the line of work you're in is a factor. I mean, well, yeah, I can't, I, I can't imagine operating a forklift. You get better and better, you know, a taxi like, driver, you, you know, I mean, like, I don't want my pilot be entertaining to watch. Going, right, I'm just right. a more creative pilot right now. Like, I don't need that. <laughs> Dude, wait a minute. I saw Denzel Washington in flight and he flew inverted. I don't know. Drunk and high. Saved a yeah, lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're primarily talking about like office type environments where the the thing you're using the most is upstairs. Right. 
you know, it's not the physicality of the job or the physical aspects of the job. Cause you know, you don't like, I mean, if you can lose like life, limb or eyesight, I would say you, you almost take that off the board just because that's not a good habit. Like you're right. not or getting you anything a, better out of it. Right. Or you're potentially <laughs> putting other people in danger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah, working absolutely. with, you know, heavy equipment, you're in an industrial environment. And it's not that I don't think working blue collar, like that class shouldn't have the same benefit. Right. I just don't think it's in their best interest because of what could potentially happen. Yeah. According to the study that I was referencing, the guy basically said the same thing, Grinch. He was basically saying it's good. The, the two main areas that's good for is for create uh, creativity enhancement and social lubrications. Uh, and he really goes into both. And it, it really kind of boils down to the social part of it is, is a lot of where drinking centers around. And it's kind of interesting because it's, it's a lot about what this podcast is and what it's done for us is that people who have a couple few drinks a week are happier than people who do not. The caveat is, is it has to be in a social setting. So if people are drinking on their own by themselves with nobody else around, I mean, like you could be in the house with your family, but you're drinking by yourself. They don't necessarily fall into that happy category, but people who drink a couple of drinks, a few drinks a week in a social setting where they get to have that cross interaction of thought um, that seems to be hugely benefit beneficial. And, and that's where it's, it's less about the drinking and more about the social aspect. Like you said, right. You know, if you're, if you're just drinking to drink again, I'm not judging anybody. Don't get me wrong, but I think what we're talking about is the drinking to kind of be, be more creative and, and kind of be more social. Because um, as Grinch has mentioned many times, you know, we're, we're social creatures by nature. So, you know, I think that's something that brings everybody together. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I mean, it's almost like, uh, and there's, there are other things, uh, you know, no specific examples come to mind right this second, but it's almost like it, they're being allowed to drink in the work environment for these types of jobs is an indicator of the environment of the job. And so I think those two things kind of go hand in hand. It sort of also speaks to the type of people and talent you're likely working with and bringing in. And it's the way you conduct the office. Like, is it super uptight? This has always got to be in place here, here, and here, as opposed to, man, let's do whatever we got to do to get the ideas flowing. Cause that's right. where the well, magic happens. And that's where you tend to see it. You know, for, for me, at least I've seen it, you know, some of the vendors we've gone to um, they're usually smaller companies, uh, much more close knit. Um, and, and they tend to allow that, you know, and it's, I don't want to say it's not frowned upon. It's just kind of part of the daily, you know, the daily routine and they just don't think twice about it, but they also, like I said, don't take it to excess. Right. Um, we visited a company one time and, and their whole thing was three at three, three o'clock every afternoon. They did three fingers of some sort of drink. Um, That's cool. know, yeah. So and the thing is, too, I mean, I would imagine in an office environment like that, if like on a certain day, maybe you're tired, you got a headache, and you're just like, I don't feel like doing it. That's equally accepted. You know, it's not like you're expected to that. That to right. me would be a. that's where I would say, like, you would start seeing some negative indicators of like, well, why are they drinking? Right. And it's like I can. That doesn't mean I want to or should right now. It just means I can. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I think part of the other issue is, and, and another study that was done, it talks about the purpose of the study, researchers tested an intoxication level of 0.075 blood alcohol level. And the upshot was at that level, people working on something creative or problem solving driven, uh, having that, that level of blood alcohol actually helped in their performance. 
but the unfortunate aspect is given what, you know, we do on a regular basis, uh, you know, most likely we're not going to return to the 1960s. Like I said, Don Draper, because Grinch, as you mentioned, the societal approach to drinking, the perception is drinking makes you dumber. And people unfortunately still feel that way about drinking. It's like when we talked about legalization of marijuana, there's just a stigma with marijuana that if you, if you smoke marijuana or you, you eat chews or brownies, that you're a burnout in some way, you're the fucking loser sitting on the couch doing nothing with your life. And we've seen that that of course is no longer the case. And I think drinking is much the same. Like there is a stigma with drinking, but it is not, it doesn't have to be there anymore. Well, and it's, it's back to the what Grinch mentioned in excess, right? You know, if uh, you're I mean, drinking, they weren't a bad band. If, if you want to be honest, uh, it's a shame he died hanging it himself is. in a closet, but um, sorry, continue. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're doing anything to That's excess, funny. it's not a good go. thing, right? For the most part. Too so precise pronunciation excess right yeah and it, you know it's funny we, we've used we've used the analogy of like playing pool and i don't know that it's a perfect analogy but we can all remember like you sort of settle into being better at pool a couple of drinks in for some you, odd reason at least yeah, you i just did relax. i don't know i felt like i did yeah and and then of course you could feel that art start tilting the other way and you're like, Mm-mm, game's not getting better. Much the same when you play cards. It looks like three. Yeah. You start knowing it's you're wobbling at the table. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. when, when you see three, it's okay because you can name for the one in the middle. That's right. Yeah. It's four or five. That's when yeah. it gets a little dicey. <laughs> I need odd numbers. Um, odd numbers. Drinking helps <laughs> card playing until yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? Until you become catatonic. As we've clearly learned, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a threshold where you just yeah. shut down. I mean, I don't know where that point is, but I've heard he's like i've never reached it somebody told me one time (laughs) he's like there's not a pain threshold there's a blood alcohol threshold and when you pass it you need to know you've passed it and then you no longer feel the pain threshold that's exactly right yeah i I don't know for me this is just interesting because haas you you living overseas they have such a different approach to drinking alcohol in europe that we do here in america and i know the drinking age is lower Uh, They don't have the same stigma. Like you can sit around the dinner table, families will drink red wine or whatever. And, but you get here. And for some reason, we just have this idea about it. And and, I mean, we can keep coming back to that. I don't want to hammer on a dead horse, but it's like, I I don't know why we haven't adopted a more relaxed approach to drinking. And I think maybe maybe it's a generational thing, right? Because we talked about this on a podcast once before, I think for the most part, all of us have said, you know, as parents, you know, we, we've kind of allowed our children, I think, to to occasionally, you know, have a drink to try, right? Um, you know, because you take that mystery out of it, right? If if you don't do that, they're going to look at it as the forbidden fruit, and then they're going to go, you know, overboard with it when they, you they know, get when to they get away get, with something. When they, yeah, when they get, yeah, exactly. That's perfect. They feel like they're getting away with something, right. as opposed to, oh, okay, well, yeah, if I have, you know, a small drink. It's going to relax me a little bit. I'm going to feel okay. But, you know, when you cross that line, you're going to wake up feeling like shit the next morning. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting um, because th- there are some there are some contradicting uh, things that my wife and I have seen, that Mrs. Haas and I have seen when it comes to drinking uh, in the U.S. versus over here. Um, and in doing research for this podcast and reading some stuff, I it, it was interesting where 
some of these people did studies and what they determined. And here's what, here's what I found to be interesting. Um, in Europe, generally speaking, especially in Italy and France and, and maybe not so much um, Great Britain and, you know, like England and Scotland and Ireland and Wales, that's, that's a little bit of a different story because uh, we know what the, the lush kind of people they can be, generally speaking, is, culturally speaking. Um, Easy there. Alcohol is seen as a food. It's not seen as alcohol. Um, you have... And, they, and, and this is this is generalized, of course, but generally it's wine and beer. It's not hard liquor. It's wine and beer. Um, they young people drink these things. Uh, they're allowed to have these things. And, and here where, where I live in Austria, you're allowed to drink at 16. If you're sitting in a park or out by the Danube with friends, you're having beer and wine at 16. No one's saying shit to you because it's legal. Um, <clears throat> interestingly, that we had we're having this discussion. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in my favorite beer garden around the corner, having an adult beverage, and I was speaking to one of my favorite waitresses there because she had gotten off, and she's from northern Italy. Um, so northern, in fact, they speak half German and half Italian. But she was telling me that one of the great things about them being able to drink at 16 there, or in really even younger, but you don't get your driver's license until 18, is that they get to le- they get to know their body and they get to know the tolerance levels and they get to have that personal relationship with alcohol so they so they understand they they understand what it can do to them or whatnot but yeah over here it's just the stigma isn't there because um, for the most part people don't have problems with it um, it is just a, it's just such an inherent part of the, it's no different than anything else in the culture they don't make a big deal of it so it's not a big deal. It's not taboo, so it's not a big deal. Um, yeah, it's really interesting how just taking that psychological approach changes everything um, based on what we see. Uh, but, but I did want to touch on something that Mac had said. So what the, this, the article I read in one of the studies, that it, what, it, what is very American is this whole, like, drink, you know, have, have a binge historical issue that America has with alcohol is we binge, we abstain, we binge, we abstain. You know, it's, there's a very cyclical thing we've been doing since they've been tracking this stuff. I mean, when, when they, what was the 18th amendment, when they abolished booze, right? The, the prohibition, there was like such a hard issue with cirrhosis of the liver and, and drinking. It went down for decades. You know, it, it was started what, like 1920 and they remained in what, 1935 or something like that. It wasn't until like the seventies where drinking started up again and it, it only lasted for about a decade. And I think it was because there were other drugs that came into play, but in the eighties and the nineties, there wasn't a lot of drinking, but then starting back up in the 2000, there's been a shit ton of drinking, but yet millennials didn't drink a lot. So it's just, we seem to go through this thing where it's like, we binge, we binge, we binge and people see the problems from it. And then everyone backs off and then everyone says, Oh, well, it's not really, really wasn't that bad. And then we all go back to binging on it again. It is funny to me. Yeah. Like you think of some of the different cultures because, um, you know, like, I mean, obviously there's some, some stereotypes, you know, like you assume Irish are going to be drinking whiskey, you know, and that kind of thing. But like, you know, in Germany, it's funny, you know, for a meal um, it's, it's probably because there's so much travel now, some things are normalizing, whereas they may have been more acute, like at a meal, like to order a water is kind of almost weird. <laughs> You know, yes, they'll ask you if you want, you know, mineral or still, but it's, but the expectation is you're going to have a beer, 
you know, with your meal. And whether you have more than one isn't isn't even a major concern. It's just that's what the norm kind of looks like. Because like you said, Haas, it's it's part and parcel to the meal. It's right. you know, well, sort of abnormal not to have one. Most Europeans prefer beer or wine <laughs> over water. I mean, it is very, very weird to see. When, in fact, when the wife and I order water, because we prefer water over beer, not necessarily wine, but we get weird looks. You're 100% right because they're like, okay, you're clearly not fucking from here. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then you think like, um, you know, sort of like Canadians who are almost like, my, again, my stereotype is kind of happy, really, you know, they can hold their liquor, but they're kind of happy. Like they drink high, you know, a lot of beer is what my, my Hollywood stereotype has taught me. You know, I'm thinking about like freaking, um, it wasn't a great movie, but super troopers too, you know, when they get in an argument about, you know, beer. Uh, so that like that, that's the kind of stuff that, that's curious to me. And again, we talked about it with guns, with, with just our DNA, like American DNA is rough and rowdy. You drink a shitload. I mean, curiously, some of these things like the Trulies and Seltzers that come about are so you can sip on a drink for the whole 18, you know, and, and not be completely dehydrated by the Talking time. Like White Claw. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That stuff flows like the yeah. river friggin' Nile. But Th this article talked about how that's the next evolution. Because yeah. oh, talking about day drinking, everywhere. yeah, it's and everywhere. it circles back to whole the whole day drinking thing. It actually makes day drinking a sustainable pursuit, like yeah. legitimate, like next level day drinking. But you know, otherwise, in a lot of like, you know, in in several American bars, you know, some of it is like, how fucked up can you get? You know, like, and you'll see some of these drinks, and you're like, who the fuck would want to drink that? Like. You know, I think about like down in New Orleans, like the hand grenade, you know, and shit like that, that its sole purpose is to fuck you up. We used to drink the four horsemen. Yeah. Right. And the stuff of the four horsemen, the, the mean Joe green. I mean, there were, there were three or four that we drank that it was just like, the fuck were we thinking? A Long Island iced tea. Like none of those drinks are designed for, Sipping you know, it's it enjoying. I've right. got a beverage in hand. It is. <laughs> I'm go. I'm getting. I'm getting where I'm going. You know. Right. Well, again, that's the difference in our approach to drinking when we were, you know, 16, 17, 18, and how we drink now. Like then, it was like let's let's buy the cheapest thing we can buy, as much as we can buy, and just drink to get obliterated. We didn't care. And now it's just a little different in terms of our approach. And so, it in terms of like, if I'm day drinking, much like we do on this show, I'm not coming into it to get annihilated. You know, it's like I'm gonna have two, three drinks. <laughs> Max face. <laughs> Clearly, we have different ideas. Different that's my approach to what we're doing. I am not judging your approach to what we do. Uh, I don't think we, the four of us, generally, we don't roll out of bed in the morning with a Bloody Mary in hand and then move right into the next drink to the next drink. I mean, we're not doing that, right? right? And and then going to bed in the evening with a an extended buzz that we've carried throughout the entire day. That's just not who we are. We come on here, we have a few drinks and we're done. You know, you may have a long day at work, pour yourself a drink at the end of the day, whatever the case may be. But I don't think, you know, the four of us, we're not approaching it to drink in excess. And I, that was one of the reasons when I wanting to get together with you guys and start this show was like a spirited debate drinking while we do this. Part of it was how would that help the conversation? Hosh, you mentioned like from a society standpoint, it relaxes you and, and things of that nature makes people more social, more outgoing. And so I was like, okay, how will things occur if we're having a few drinks while we talk about things? 
same thing at work. If you work in an industry, obviously where they would allow that, as long as you are being intelligent about your consumption, uh, I definitely think there's a benefit to doing it. Should it be every day? No. And that, and that was one of the things, like a few articles that I saw was like, it's really Grinch. I think you're the one that said it. Like if you come up against a problem and you're trying to solve the problem, have a few drinks to relax the situation, relax how you approach the problem and what you're thinking about. And that generally will help you find an answer. And a number of these studies, that's what they would do is they would, uh, take a control group, you know, they'd have like a hundred people. They take a control group, 50 people with a non-alcoholic beverage, 50 people with alcohol. They give them the same set of problems who gets to the answers faster, who can solve them faster. And almost a hundred percent of that, the, the people who drank got there quicker. And so clearly that begins to showcase a benefit of doing it. Well, but like I said, it, people will it, look at it and go, well, then I'm just going to fucking drink all day, every day. No, that's not yeah, what I'm saying. Exactly. And in, in the article that I that I read, I mean, this thing was in the Atlantic, a, a, a good publication. It was lengthy as hell. Um, it was very. <laughs> yeah. You read from the Atlantic. You're committed. <laughs> yeah. And I was. I mean, but I was on an AR train ride today. So, it's not, you know. Yeah. Those articles are never time. short. Yeah. They're never yeah, short. But, but, but so good. Such a good yeah, article. Yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. impressed. And, and to go with you. To, to go back to what you were speaking to, Thor, is that in this article, they were talking about how the reason why, because they did several studies like this and looked at that, why that is. Groups that drink versus groups that don't drink. The reason why the groups that drink together typically win is because drinking brings down inhibitions. So inhibitions bring together cohesiveness and collaboration. Right. A lot faster, a lot more seamlessly, and a lot more efficient which is why it wins. But you're right. It does reach that point where like they were talking about with the, with the, the programmers at Google, where if you go over that, that, that apex of the curve and you start to go on the other side, it all goes to shit. But yeah, I mean, there's a reason why social collaboration, bringing people together without inhibitions. I mean, of course that's going to win over people who, who don't. Right. And especially on a Friday night when you need to relax, depending on what you're doing, alcohol always helps, right? <laughs> always <Same>. always <laughs> nothing I mean, bad has ever wait <laughs> wait no that's not the what social we're lubrication that's not what we're saying yeah, so yeah, that's, it, that's it, exactly what he said social it, lubrication. lubrication all right buddy it, you know and it's funny because uh you know the army um like you you, you start latching things together and it's it, it, and there's there's substance there i'm not saying there isn't but like sexual assault we'll, we'll use for example far more often than not it's can it happens in a setting where alcohol is involved you know it's not that we're not acknowledging th those things we're we're sort of parsing out what we're what we're talking about here which is creating a positive environment creating a fun environment where the brain you know can can operate in its most productive fashion um and it's one of those like nobody's going to say you have to drink but even being in an environment where you know your coworkers are, are a little more fun to be around if they do have a drink or two, then that's that's goodness that affects all. Um, you know, the, the Army, when it was kind of doing its thing and figuring it out, I mean, and you tend to attract a certain kind of going into the military anyway. So you're already dealing with a somewhat different demographic, you know, was struggling with this notion of glamorizing alcohol because it was a part of like every function, you know, or it would be a function uh, that tend to be, it tend to be present in like all social settings. But what I would say to that is the ones that were the most fun were the ones that were 
people were there. They were cognizant of how much they had to drink. They had a couple knowing that they were going to be driving home after had fun. And then they went home, you know, not the, cause I've been at events like even military balls where we've carried a soldier out cause they're just fucking hammered. And you know, that, there's one in every group. Yeah. And it's, I mean, if you're in a, at an event with a couple, couple hundred people, it just is what it is. You can't keep an eye on everybody, you know? Yeah. So you have to rely on their peers and your battle buddies to go, um, Hey there guy. <laughs> you know? Maybe, maybe, we dial it, maybe we dial it down a notch. Yes, you know, <clears throat> you only well, need to get alcohol poisoning once to, to learn your limits. Do you? <laughs> yes. Is, is it, yes, oh, you okay. do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And so like another study I saw was talking about how moderate drinking can help people live longer and generally, generally reduce the risk of major causes of death. And some of the things that they cite here, diseases such as, you know, with moderate drinkers, generally less likely to suffer from things like type two diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoporosis, gallbladder disease, enlarged prostate, dementia, kidney cancer, thyroid cancer, and it goes on. And it's one of those things where it's just like, I mean, kidney stones. I think somebody on here has had kidney stones, right? Bladder stones without kidney stones. Oh, bladder? Yeah. Yeah, okay. BH's father had them. Okay. You know, and it's, so again, it doesn't cite exactly how many drinks would be, you know, the proper amount. But again, because very quickly you can get into that excessive state. Until it doesn't hurt anymore. That's the proper amount. (laughs) There you go. Um, and again, on this show, we're, we're not saying go out and just start drinking every day. I mean, that's, that's not the purpose obviously of this particular debate. It was, do we think that drinking can help you be more productive? It can knock down those social barriers and allow you to do things that need to get done, problem solving issues and things of that nature. Grinch, like you said, if the job is something where you are either putting yourself in harm's way or potentially putting other people's lives and at risk then obviously we're not condoning it. But if it is, if it's something where your job requires a certain level of productivity or creativity and things of that nature, would having alcohol help you benefit you? And, and again, even from a standpoint of health issues, you know, they said, you know, drink a glass of wine a day at dinner is supposed to help reduce the risk of heart disease, things of that nature. I mean, you look at just, I mean, stress in general. I mean, they say stress is the number one killer now um, amongst people. And, and, you know, having that drink, you know, or two, again, not to excess, can, can help take the edge off and help relieve some of that stress. So from that standpoint, it's, it's not a bad thing, I don't think. Right. And it's the unconscious stress, obviously, we put on ourselves because, right. yeah, you can be stressed out if, if your boss is yelling at you or something like that. But it's that it's that constant stress you put on yourself every day that you have to function at a certain level. You have to meet certain goals, meet certain demands. And it's really the stress you put on yourself that can be a killer that you never even see coming. You know what? I, I, I can't. I think it was in like, it maybe wasn't Freakonomics, but the book that came out afterward. Um, the uh, <laughs> they were talking about this city in Italy where like the average age of everybody there is like eighty plus, or not the average age, but like um, people tend to live into their eighties and nineties. Like it was just odd. It was atypical for that many people. That many that people. And the, what they, you know, I think what their takeaway was is when they started really digging into it, what they found was they were just a happy culture. 
They had connections with the pubs. They loved going in at the end of the day to have a drink, catch up with their friends, family, whatever. They felt a connection there. Like they were just almost like lighthearted year over year over year over year. And I mean, of course, everybody deals with problems. They weren't saying that they didn't exist. It was just, it was almost like it, it was speaking to the stress aspect, it was almost like they created a culture that naturally eliminated a lot of stress and created a lot of positivity in other aspects to where you, you did, you felt happy, you looked forward, you know, to going somewhere and, and like, you know, and, and I know we focused on creativity in, in this, in a certain setting, but you could also say, you can, you can tell a lot about a group of workers if like after work, let's say they don't drink during the day, but after work, they look forward to grabbing a drink at the end of the day and sort of laughing and reflecting on the day. That can be a good thing too. Sure. Talking it's shop, the, working on, yeah, I mean, it, well, not know, only that, it's, it's the kind of the, the, the work family mentality, right? Uh, I mean, you've got your family and everybody has that and that's great, but you also have your work family where you can get along and, you know, you know a little bit about, you know, you may not know every little intricate detail of everybody's life, but you know enough that, you know, you can kind of socialize and, and you're right. I mean, I think that that makes for a good work environment too. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, if we're throwing in all kinds of cool study stuff here, you know, I think about the book team of teams by general McChrystal, which is a fantastic book. You know, one of the big things he talked about was you create an environment where you give a shit about the people you work with that, has intangible benefits of like, instead of, you know, sloughing something off onto someone like you get it done. Or if somebody comes to you with a problem, you, you actually want to help them because you care about that human beings standing, you know, on the other side of the room from you or across the desk or whatever. Um, Cause you know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been in environments where, you know, you know, your job, but you don't necessarily understand how it resonates with others. And it's one of those like one conversation over beer and you're like, holy shit. Like, I didn't know that that's, that's what you had to do because it was done this way. Why haven't we changed this years ago? You know, kind of thing. And, and so almost sort of end to end through a production process that produces whatever create creative products, you know, physical products, the more you understand end to end and how your sphere affects others, the more invested you are in those people in that process, ideally. And you and, and therefore, by creating environments where you are more relaxed and you converse, you learn more and you give a shit. It's kind of the idea. French, I'm curious. You work in an industry where alcohol is produced, right? With beer. Yep. I don't know if you know the so, answer to so this question. So he's very biased on this whole thing. He's really right. wanting to push. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I highly recommend drinking thing, right? all day. All day. <laughs> well, I'm curious. And I can recommend a brand that you should be drinking all I'm day. Sure you <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And a beer within that brand that you can yes. be drinking. Do do you know if the 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 brewmasters at your business, like, are they drinking in terms of like constantly retooling? different beers that they're making and things of that. Like, do you know if that occurs? Is that even yeah. part of their job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The answer, the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, in fact, a uh, funny thing when I came on board was I was told you, you have, you can have three shift beers. Now you may stay at the end of the day and have them all. You may have one like mid afternoon Come in at seven uh, in the morning and plow through. Yeah, all three. I mean, honestly, the owner, like, you know, nobody. I've never seen anybody like morning right. drink, if you will. Right. Um, and and Challenge typically, 
you know, and typically it's not until things slow down in the afternoon, you might see somebody with a beer. Um, and then like you, you, like you would also imagine when you're around it all the time, it's like when you work in a restaurant, you know, like, yeah, you've had so much of it sometimes that it's more just if the mood strikes, but nobody would bat an eye at it. Um, okay. and, and it's just, it's just, it's both a benefit and a, I'm giving you, you know, a, a, a rule, if you will, for how to have a beer rather than I'm just going to have a beer, you know, well, right. a beer, you know, well, I, I just meant but in terms the of the side, creativity I mean, of that, the brewing process well, that they need to be drinking to go. Is yeah, it right? yeah. Should it be changed? Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's I mean, it, it's actually, you know, I'm on the periphery of that. So I only hear it when I'm like in certain, like coming and going. Right. Um, it's, it's actually fascinating to listen to because I don't really know the like chemistry one, behind one it and thousandth all of, of what they know. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, it, and, and, you know, again, rabbit holes, we always go down. Um, in our case, we don't use the term master brewer because the owner still does most of the recipes. We have a head brewer. Okay. He obviously knows how to make everything, you know, with his eyes closed, but more and more what the owner wants is the three primary folks that are involved in the brewing process to come up with their own recipes. So yeah, they'll absolutely come in, you know, and they'll be like, Hey, I was looking at, you know, the recipe for this. And I noticed we get like a 94% yield out of this yeast. We could probably tweak this and get it up to like 97, you know, like that's the stuff that they talk about. In addition to, I got a new recipe idea, you know? Right. So yeah, yeah. It, now that, that obviously, that's a really that's fun a, part of the job. Sure. Yeah. That's an outlier in terms of, of a career path where drinking is just a natural course of the job description, I would yeah. imagine. So. Well, and I, and I think, you know, I know you, I think you're kind of leaning towards the sales side of the business now too, but, but everybody that works there is, is in sales to some extent. So you have to be able to drink that beer and, and be able to recommend it when people, because let's sure. be honest, the first thing you, you are going to get asked when you tell people where you work is, Oh, what do you recommend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So you have to, you know, have you have to be interested in it. Yeah, I, I, and I think you know, again, I mean, the drinking is part of it, as since we're a brewery. But you know, I think other things that I look for with some businesses, companies, is like, do the employees like being there? Do they come around when they when they're not on work, when they're not on shift? Right. Do they like their own product? You know, and they can In this case, the answer is yes to all the above, which is super cool. Because if you truly love what you're doing and the product you're making, like that's win, win, win. And well, like you said, you're everybody's an ambassador for the product in certain environments. Well, we've all been in the restaurant business in the 90s. And, you know, when everybody got off work, they were parking their ass at the bar. Didn't matter what time it was. And so it was like, yep. hey, I'm going to just start drinking now. I can yep. remember my, my first couple of times working in the kitchen. Uh, the kitchen manager would come in. I mean, be done. And then they'd leave and come back and they would stick just 12 packs, six packs in the, in the ice machine and be like, here you guys go. And I was like what i mean i was 18 <laughs> i didn't know any better and guys were just start drinking right there on the job you know they're flipping steaks and i'm like what the fuck is going on i'm like this is great i didn't know <laughs> and i was like all right let's see how fucked up we can get and still do our job i mean that's literally what it was when i started yeah so, and i think like we said you know, you know we started talking about a little bit you know there's the creativity there's also the camaraderie there's also the environment you maintain and so let's say you are in a work environment where like during the hours of operation, it's just not a great idea to have any drinks. There's just like, you're, you're, you're around 
chemicals, you're in a nuclear well, reactor. You're in you a know? healthcare field, right? <laughs> right, yeah. right, so right, right. Like going into surgery, right. you know, three beers in. Right, but maybe you create an environment to where at the end of the day, there's a setting where everybody can go to, right. you know, yeah, and I, that's the drink instead of the during the day. I'll tell and, you, I've worked at a couple of law offices, one in particular where um, he was third generation, full blood Italian. I mean, when he built our offices out, he built it so he had a wine fridge in the kitchen and a smaller wine fridge in his office. And it was nothing. And he and his wife were both venophiles. It was nothing for them to have a glass of wine at lunch every day. It was nothing for if you had a glass of wine or a beer, he didn't care. It was one. But um, like once or twice a month, we would on Fridays, he'd shut the office down at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We'd all meet in a large conference room and we'd have charcuterie boards and, you know, we'd have wines and beers and whatever and just kind of hang out and shoot the shit. And it's an, it's amazing how much tighter Team you building. become as a, as, a, as a working unit when you do things like that. Right. Well, and I, I say, I would say too, I mean, not that you have to have expensive shit, but I think it speaks to, you know, again, American culture is it's the volume. I mean, that was kind of Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors, like all these was like, put this in your face and put a lot of it there. You know, like, like, I don't know that I, I don't know. Does anybody besides Americans do like beer funneling, you know, like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, that's, but that, you're right. That, I mean, that's America in general, right? It's right. As opposed with to everything. I, I will say I've seen a, it over here, actually. Okay. Uh, the younger, well, no, younger, younger crowd down, down at the river. Sure, sure. No, I've not done it here. <laughs> younger crowds down at the river will do. I have seen them with beer funnels. Okay. They will do so that. Butt, yeah. butt chugging. Yes. Other <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Good but it, it, it also, I think in, in, you know, this again, you know, America's a melting pot. So there's a whole lot here and I can't say one thing that'll fit all, but I think other cultures had a fine appreciation for food, which is where they, you know, they dial up their sophistication of food and you could make the same case for a wine, a beer or a drink, which is, it isn't about how many it's, do you really enjoy the one you have? Right. And you sort of savor it, you know, almost Which, and, and I think, again, we always say there's a spectrum or I always say that, like, do I want to spend whatever amount of money on one single beer every time? No, of course not. But there's something to be said for when you make a good product and you actually take the time to enjoy it. And maybe it's one, maybe it's two. It isn't. I'm down in the six pack. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like buying a bottle of Pappy's. You are not yeah. plowing through that with what you right. just spent. Well, on and I always right. laugh when it's like the coldest beer in town. I'm like, the coldest beer in town isn't the most flavorful. That's not how beer works. No. You know, and Americans, of course, tend to. It's a lack beer. of understanding is the problem. Yeah. It's like the red's too warm and their white's too cold or, or whatever. You know, like, again, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're slowly getting, you know, cultured up. But we're mutts. We're yeah. mutts by our nature. Yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> when, and Haas, maybe you've come across this like, when you go overseas, like they don't the chilled glasses. That's not really a thing when it comes to beer, like chilled mugs. I'm sure you probably nothing. get slapped in the face. Chilled nothing. Right. No. I mean, uh, wines, I think maybe a little bit colder, but not really. I mean, everything is at room temperature, right? Everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and quite honestly, I mean, it's, it's quality over quantity here. Um, that they're really big about the, the quality of things. Um, and it doesn't matter what foreign national you speak 
to or about the booze they are drinking or the food they are eating is 100% about the quality. If the quality is not there, you're not going to last here. You're not, and it, it better be fresh ingredients. It better be the best ingredients. Um, everything we've had here that that's generally the stuff that we like that we have found that we really enjoy. That's what it is. I mean, they have laws on their beer here um, yep. and they yep. can only have so many ingredients uh, and they can't have preservatives. They can't have this. They can't <laughs> have that. Um, so it's really finding about new ways to introduce the ingredients to each other at what stage, how much. So, so that that's what they play with. That's how and, they get creative. And here we do gimmicks. Like we put a mountain on a fucking can and go, look at the mountain change color. And you know how cold it is. Mm-hmm. Forgive well, me and, if I'm going to defer to Europe <laughs> when it comes to my beer. They just know more than we do. They've been around but, longer. But, They've been doing and it. The, and the, I mean, you know, we talk about that too. I mean, the, the excess, I'm sure the all you can eat buffet was an American invention. <laughs> it didn't come from Europe, right? I mean, no. I thought the Chinese you know, invented a buffet. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so stay away from the sushi. Um, let's, let's but get yeah, back I on mean, topic, it's, though. It's I think well, what we're no, saying it's, is drink. It's, it's back you to you drink it. Yes. The Sorry, quality Matt, over quantity. What were you saying, Matt? I wasn't is, trying to cut you off. Love is blind. Yeah. Love Sorry, is blind. I'm babbling. Yes. That's right. Matt, Mac, what were you saying? I wasn't trying to cut you no, off. No, I was reiterating the point. It's quality over quantity it should be it, should it be, absolutely right? should be uh but i think if you look at american mentality like you go into a restaurant right our portion sizes are so much larger yes. than what you would get in europe like we want a massive amount of whatever it is for the least amount possible because we care more about the quantity versus the quality we just think we're getting more well you we think if you're if getting better. more it's got to be better uh, maybe. And that's not the case. Well, right? and, I mean, and it's interesting when you're getting something that's fresh ingredients, that's organic, that's grown and processed not that far from where you're you're intaking it. It's amazing how having less of it is more satiating. Right. Because you actually slow down, and that's the other thing here is they slow down meal times are a social oh, event. It's a couple. They're a hours, social event. Right? It's not. Yeah. It's exactly. It's not sitting down shoveling a bunch of shit in your in your in your face and then you know pounding a bunch of whatever and then going on they stop they stop and slow down and they really enjoy things they don't rush in fact you have to ask for your check right mm-hmm. they're not rushing you not they're not trying to turn a table you don't have when a server standing down, in your face right, right. harassing you right that's exactly yeah. right I'm gonna get to that next tip you, yeah. you you have to ask hey you know i need to pay i'm right. ready to go and i'll be honest um, in terms of this group i would say grinch is probably by default well yeah you're the oldest but i'm saying by by default i would say grinch just in in your actions i'll say it's in your actions not what you've ever said or or anything like that but like when it comes to beer as you've gotten older in my opinion this is only my opinion uh, i want to say beer snob I don't know if that's the term, but you no. are very particular about your beer. Like that's true. That's true. Right. Beer, he's a it beer is. connoisseur. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, mean, it is no longer about a quantity. It's like, I want good beer. Like that's yeah, what, yeah. you know, yeah, 100%. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've jokingly said life's too short for bad beer. I mean, I just, I don't like the idea of how much of this can I shove in my face? Right. You know, right. it, you want to enjoy what you're putting in there. Yeah. Because again, I mean, it's not about the end result. Like, look at this well, face. And, and I'm only well, it's a beautiful barely face. cracking this, you know, cracking the surface of this, of like even understanding the craft of it all. You know, but, it's yeah, fascinating. Even that aside, I mean, you know what you like. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, you don't have to understand right. the chemistry behind it, but you can, you know, and I don't, I'm it, not a beer connoisseur. So if I put, you know, 
a case of Coors Light in front of you and a single one of one of your favorite beers, I know which one you're going to pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick the single beer because you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny. I mean, because, you know, I'm kind of a layman in all this. um, You know, the way I speak to customers, I don't – I don't go full. This has mosaic hops and da 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 da. Because your average consumer doesn't give a shit about all that. Like, it's what's like, that? It's like what it's more like here's what I think you'll like, based on either your customer base or knowing you or whatever. That's more the approach. What you've ordered before, you know, or looking at trends and all that kind of thing. But either way, I mean, yes, it's yes. got a fruity note that lingers on the tongue. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> the word that I that drives me or the words that drive me crazier it's got a good mouth feel <laughs> you know what so does my penis open up that's gonna be a t-shirt that's, that's a t-shirt headed your way these nuts right. gotta have a good mouth feel <laughs> yeah yeah that's perfect. question perfect there's uh, some merchandising there yeah <laughs> Uh, again, uh, we have strayed way from the path here. But, but we always do. Bro. Of course we do. And <laughs> it's just part of do. the show. We always uh, end up, uh, out, we that always end up a perfect the point, though, right? right? With an upside down map and a compass that doesn't Wandering work. around, <laughs> yeah. trying to but find that's a way exactly home. Our logo. <laughs> what Grinch was talking about, right? That That's kind of the getting together, the social aspect of having that drink and, and just having an open conversation, you know, and, and the ideas and stuff that come out of that. I agree. And again, I think that was one of the things that drove me to want to do this particular thing with you guys was, you know, yes, it was the getting together and talking, but having the alcohol as part of it, because it does kind of even things out. It's not even even things out. I don't even know what the word is. It lowers inhibitions. It does. It just it, makes it, it more interesting. everybody. Social <laughs> lubrication. So, I didn't say social. No, it just lubricates <laughs> everything. Makes you more more uh, moist, Haas. That's right. Yes, it does. I've got a meme I'm going to send you about. That. <laughs> um, so real quick, before we wrap things up, I just want to go around the room. So just kind of a pulse like we do. In terms of alcohol, day drinking, whatever you want to call it, do you find that it would potentially make you as an individual? And I know you can say, well, my job isn't conducive to doing that, but as an individual and your approach to the world, if you are in a job that would allow it, do you think it would make you more productive, more creative, that type of thing? So I'm just interested to know for you guys, I will tell you right out of the gate with what I do, obviously in the creative arts. Yes. I think it would help. Have I done it? Maybe. Maybe I have. Maybe I put a little Kahlua in Bailey's in my coffee in the morning. I don't know. Uh, I'm not really awake enough to be able to say one way or the other for those that might be listening, but it's possible that that's accidentally happened. And I definitely think it might help me throughout the day. Uh, I don't know. Again, in the industries that you all work in, I know some of you may say, well, I, I can't do that. But if you were in a, in a position to do it, would it help you? So I'm just curious. Haas, what about you? Um, generally speaking, no. I'm not a creative person like you are. Um, I don't think it would help my day in and day out business from that perspective. But again, based on the on the, the research I looked at and the articles I looked at and read, there's a two prong. There's the social part and there's the creative part. So I'd have to say no to the creative part because I'm not a creative person. That's not what my job entails. Um, as far as the social part, yes, 100%. It is nice because what I do the people in my, in my business were all very, very driven and individually focused. You have to be a self-starter. So we don't, we're all working our own portion of the tasks. 
Um, occasionally we have meetings where we cross talk or whatever. So I to say from the social part, it's nice because if we, if we get together at lunch and we have a couple beers over a pizza or we have a couple drinks after work at happy hour and we talk shop, that has great benefits for that. I've seen time and time again, over my 20 years in this business. So it's kind of a yes, no, no for the creative, but yes, the social aspect part of it. Yeah. So, so, so less about the productivity and more about kind of like team building or bringing the team closer together. Right. Te- team building and just talking shop, maybe discussing efficiencies, maybe, maybe saying, Hey, look, I've got this problem. I'm not really sure how to handle it. How would you go about it? And you're getting, so you're getting a pick, you know, in a more right. relaxed environment where people, where the inhibitions aren't quite, and the walls aren't quite up as much. Right. Probably be a great for brainstorming sessions. Right. Because in an office space, as we all know, you, it can be a very stuffy and very strict environment. Right. And, you know, being able to like, you know, metaphorically let your hair down and have a couple and like, you know, cross interact with people you normally wouldn't probably do that with. It, I think it has huge benefits. Okay. Uh, Mac, what about you? Would it benefit you, hurt you, help you, harm you? Yeah, no, I think it would benefit me. I mean, I'm not an artistically creative person like you, but in terms of, you know, a lot of the stuff I do, it requires kind of thinking outside of the box and kind of engineering new ways to do things. Um, So, you know, from that standpoint, sometimes kind of loosening up a little bit, you know, and relaxing to to think differently isn't isn't a bad thing. So Helping with the problem solving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think in this job, no, absolutely. Now I've had other jobs, you know, when I worked at the airport. You know, you're, you're wow. driving around airplanes, right? And, you know, they frown on when you run into them, as I found out a couple times. Um, Shouldn't have been drinking. They, they quickly drug test you when you do that. So you don't want alcohol in your system at that point. No. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, without a doubt, it depends on what, you know, what line of work you're in, unfortunately. But, but in any sort of office environment, I don't, you know, I don't see it as being an issue. 20 years ago, when you started in customer service, would it have helped you? Fuck yeah, it would have. And there's still days when you know, you're dealing with, the, you know, I want to say the public, but you know, you know, internal customers. Yeah, there, there's sometimes it's like, okay, I need a drink. Right. They ask you a stupid question. You're like, hold on. Yeah. Okay. Let, let me answer, answer that for you now. That's right. Uh, and again, Grinch, I point you out because I know your job is not necessarily conducive. You, you can't have a couple of drinks and then go do necessarily what you do, but. Like Mac mentioned, I have to imagine in, in terms of the sales aspect of your job, drinking it, if, if a customer is like, well, you know, what's it like? Is it going to be something, you know, that we might, we might want, but, you know, what's the flavor profile? How's it taste? Things. How's it feel? I assume mouth? you have to, you know, what's the mouth yeah. feel? You have to know those things, I would assume. Yeah. Well, in, in uh, you know, I, I, my answer is yes to, to both. Um, and and I'm still kind of honed in on the kind of the, the culture atmosphere and other atmospherics associated with, you know, a company business, et cetera. Um, Cause like if I came in the afternoon and I wanted to sit and talk with my boss, he has zero issue. If I go grab a beer first and sit there and, you know, have a beer while we're talking. Um, but one of the other things I was going to bring up is, and maybe I'm myopic in saying, I think it is based around alcohol, you know, judge me if you will. Um, you know, I was with a unit that it was the first time I'd been in an environment where each of the elements of that unit had their own bar. What was so cool about it is within that bar were things that really mattered to that individual element. It's part of their history, things they had done, 
And it was their gathering place. It was their, it was kind of the heart of that element of when they got together or if they had a meeting or something and they wanted to bring everybody in, they would do it within the bar. And now they've got everything around them that kind of reminds them of who they are, what they are, what's come before moments they've had together. And I think you can replicate. I don't know that without like a bar type environment, I don't know how you replicate that. Like maybe if you were in a bakery, it's like a bunch of cakes and shit around or something. I don't know. But I think that was super cool because you, you, it's like you're building the history and the camaraderie before your very eyes, in addition to knowing everything that came before. And so you, your pride is there. The connective tissue, you get stronger and stronger. You have a beer, maybe two, you know, um, and then you go about your way. But, um, but you take a minute. You know, you take like we, like Hoss was saying with the culture. You, you take a minute. That's a that's one of the probably the biggest points we have to say. What like we're getting at with this is right. fucking take a minute. <laughs> Life's too fucking slow it, short. Man. Slow it down a bit. Like get to know that person that you're working with. You know, if it is over a beer or a cup of coffee, I don't give a shit. Have an espresso machine at the end. You know, if that's your thing, do it. It it, it isn't about the the quantity. It is about the environment and you that you set in order to feel comfortable doing it. That's so we need to open our own bar and just call it the Four Horsemen. Yes, and then we have a bar. <laughs> our shit. Uh, you guys I'll, are here every night. I'll brew beer. <laughs> our own best customer, right there. I feel like by tomorrow morning, Grinch is going to have a uh, business plan in all of our email <laughs> well, uh, inboxes. You know, like we <laughs> joked, who would have thought I'd ever end up working at a brewery? But here I am. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know. I, I'm not I, surprised. I maybe if, 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 <laughs> I, I would put money on. Okay, that. everybody, <laughs> fine. fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coincidentally, years ago, when Thor and I weren't together, we used to drive in and out of you know together. Uh, he actually looked up and did all the the planning to see what it would take for us take. to open a bar together mm -hmm. yeah. now i brew my own beer i got somebody that does sales we've got an it guy we got somebody right. that can work out all the legal aspects of what we're doing there i don't see where where do we go wrong why, here why has this not happened <laughs> all right what are we doing um yeah yep. uh, again i i definitely think there's a benefit as we've said throughout this episode we're not talking about drinking to excess we're, we're simply talking out one two drinks level the playing field, reduce the, the inhibitions, the stress level, uh, aid in the creativity, aid in the problem solving, the social lubrication as hot. we're not put talking it. drink every day. No, we're absolutely not. We're not talking about not. drinking every day either. No. No. A couple uh, few times are, a week tops. Yeah, there are, <laughs> there are definitely days where I'm at work and I'm stuck on a problem and I'm like, I should have a drink because that would help. But uh, yeah, again, whatever the stigma is, wherever that was created and, and, and things of that nature, obviously has prevented this country from moving forward on a mental level to thinking that that's okay. Because I think if you did it, people would probably look down on you like you're a bum, you're a loser, you drink during the day. You know, I don't know why that's an issue. <laughs> I know we're I know we're trying to wrap up, but do you guys think that's changing that stigma? Because now most people are working from home offices that they can't see. I, I wonder, because when I was when I was reading this article, I kind of got to thinking about it after I put it away. I was like, well, gosh, obviously Americans are drinking more than they've ever been drinking. Studies, I mean, the numbers show that, right? And they're drinking harder stuff than they've ever had before. The problem is, is they're drinking by themselves and not in a social environment where all the studies I saw and read about, that's where a lot of the benefits come from. Well, I'll be honest. I don't drink by myself. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I drink with you guys. Or I, 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 sit, with the, or I, I go sit with the, the animals garden. and do it. Yeah. Or, or like if I'm online <laughs> with Grinch, I'm online yeah, with Grinch. Yeah, they're all your stuffed animals. And right. 
or, or <laughs> Mac or whatever. Like if I'm if I'm online with you guys playing a video game or right. something, yeah, then I'll drink. But I don't just sit around and drink. I mean, that's just never been my thing because my wife's not a big drinker. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah. So uh, that's never been something that I've really done. So uh, most of my drinking occurs almost exclusively with, with you gentlemen on some level. So yeah, basically I, you're I, saying we're your enablers. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm good with it. Though. <laughs> we're all each other's enablers. <laughs> if, if I think so. if the, yeah, absolutely. And if there's anything, you know, we want any listener to take away is I, th- I think what we're saying is it isn't the drinking absent the other aspects. No, it's, it's the total package that, that yields the results. Cause you know, throwing 400 public service announcements in, you know, in five seconds, which is, if, if, you know, yes, if alcohol is a tool for compensating for depression or whatever, whatever, that's not, that's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're no. saying within a work environment with coworkers, the setting a cultural tone for your, your workspace, having an atmosphere that is conducive to having a drink with nobody like fretting, you know, clutching their pearls over it is probably gonna gonna and it's gonna both yield better results and be an indicator of a better work environment absolutely absolutely as always gentlemen thank you i appreciate you being here sharing a drink sharing a discussion and a debate love being being here with you guys and you guys always bring a fresh perspective to the show so that being said we will check out here and we will do this again next week yeah always Mm -hmm. a pleasure gents yeah gents that was uh that was a lot of fun as always, from all of us here at A Spirited Debate, we'd ask that you'd like, uh, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram or Facebook at A Spirited Debate, feel free. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter at Spirited Debates, you can drop us a line there, or you can check out our website at aspirateddebate.com. Uh, as always, you can like, follow, listen at your leisure. It's truly up to you. We just love having everybody here, but always please feel free to drop us an email at spirateddebates at gmail.com. Let us know drink recipes you'd like us to try or topics you'd like us to debate. We would be glad to do that. Maybe possibly we will reach out to you as, as we have done and have somebody on. Uh, if you have a topic that you'd like us to try uh, to debate, we could have you on and, and let you debate it with us. So please feel free to drop us a line and let us know. And as always, gentlemen, we close out the show. Salud. Cheers.